listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour two of Miller and Moulton on this final football Friday of the 2022 season. Give it to me, Mark. Football Friday. There you go. We'll have other football Fridays, but, you know, it'll be off-season football Fridays. You know, player movement, you know, salary cap stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, it, it'll be fine. But, you know, it won't involve a game. Winning, losing. That's just the bets. Never mind the actual game. Super Bowl 57, Eagles and Chiefs. Philly a slight favorite. Looks as if that's going to be the case at kickoff. A game expected where both teams are in the mid-20s point-wise over under 51. I mean, think about it, Mark. If Vegas is right in which, you know, the way they've kind of framed this game and the money has basically coalesced around it, I mean, my goodness. I mean, a 27-24 Super Bowl? I mean... That'd be fantastic. Would be phenomenal. And how we get there, what the style is, we're trying to figure out because, as we've been saying all along, the people we talk to are all overs in a big way. Overs are more fun. Yes. Yes, they are. Unders are, you know, you're wi- you're winning for a long time with an under. That's true. That's true. You're like, man, if we could just get a stop. I just need a stop and I'll win. And unfortunately, there are the quarterbacks in the fourth quarter against tired defenses. And you're like, oh, where's my stop? Ah, we'll make our picks in about 35 minutes. But. Do you agree with the point that I've been hammering all week, which is Kansas City has a coaching advantage in this game? Because I we finally got somebody on this show, unprompted, by the way, to back me up. Dalton Miller, ProFootballNetwork.com yesterday, he's like, come on, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola. Against Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, seriously? This is the point that's not just you. You talking about it brought it up. But the other thing is, when Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare for a team, his record is grotesquely good. His regular season record. Right. Hasn't always been the case in the postseason. I mean, he's 1-2 and in the Super Bowl. I don't know how much you can put into the fact that he didn't have an offensive line for one of those games against the coaching. I mean, you know, I mean, all things being equal, he had bus drivers blocking for one of those Super Bowls. It it didn't help that he did play against Tampa Bay without tackles. That it, is it's true. It's really difficult to do. Right. 
So now, I, I don't. Say, I, I can't. There's nothing about coaching that had. To, there was nothing coaching could have done. And that looking back on that, David, there was nothing coaching could have done. He might have given the two bus drivers some help, though. I have to admit, I didn't think he was giving them a whole lot of help. I thought they were like strike players, and the Bucks ends were two guys who had crossed the picket line back in '82 and '87. If you know what I mean, it sure looked that way. Right. So I, I have to at least take that one out of the equation in Super Bowls. For me, you, you may not. I have to. So you're really harping on this 27 and four record after bye week, huh? You, you really, you think that's a that's a good stat? Well, I mean, as far as stats go, that's a player. <laughs> there are trends, and then there's 27 and four coming off of a bye. Right. <laughs> but the uh, thing that Pat Kerwin said about Spags and bringing up lots of players on the line, and the fact that the Eagles like to, or it might have been Dalton Miller, but one or the other, but that they're bringing up a lot of guys on the line, they're not necessarily going to blitz all the time. How do you pick up your blocks when you're trying to double team blocks and the way that Philadelphia, the way their offensive line works and dominates? Kansas City seems to have something for that. So this is a game in which it's tough to do, but Pat Kerwin wrote that book many years ago Take Your Eye Off the Ball. I read a, an extensive breakdown of the game this morning, which I must admit, I don't advise anybody at like 4.40 a.m. to read an extensive breakdown of anything. But that's what I did because, you know, that that's how I roll. And they talked about how the strengths of both teams match up well with the weaknesses of the other in terms of offense versus defense, but that they thought that Kansas City doesn't do one thing which has given Philly a little bit of trouble this year. Tempo or the mush huddle where you break late and you just go up to the line of scrimmage and very quickly you snap the ball so that, you know, you don't have a lot of shifting and movements and you don't give the defense a whole lot of time to set and figure out where they're coming from. And that the Chiefs don't do a lot of that. I mean, basically, if it's not a two-minute drill, they don't do it at all. And this guy wondered, you know, if you're Andy Reid – do you do something in the biggest game that gives them problems, but you don't do it? So do you really break away from what you do in the biggest game of the year? But if you do, you're going to do something which has given them problems. Or do you just, no, you just keep doing what you're doing. It's worked so far. You're 16 and three and you take your shot, but you're playing into how the Eagles defensively really prefer a team play on offense. So I'll be curious to see if kind of the game within the game, you know, you got two weeks to prepare and, you know, Andy Reid's like a mad scientist, you know, and does Andy and the Chiefs kind of start doing some things that they don't normally do because, well, he's had two weeks. Thought it was big news for Kansas City yesterday that Tony participated fully in practice. There's some things that they like to run with him and the jet sweeps and some of that stuff that they need that they need him for. 
and he can stretch the field. So I, I thought that was important. You know, counting on Kadarius Tony is like counting on Kyrie Irving, though. I mean, when he plays, he's magnificent. And he doesn't play a lot. But boy, when he does, whoo. So I'm with you. I mean, because the other area where I think he gives them a boost is they'll put Tony out there on special teams every chance they get. And as we've seen, it, it may just take one play. You know, either side. One guy, one play. You know, one of the things is the game's evolving. We'll probably have more teams go for it on fourth down in this game than we've ever had in a Super Bowl. And who's going to have the better conversion rate on fourth down in the Super Bowl? Well, Sirianni goes for it a lot. Andy actually doesn't. Uh, the Chiefs' numbers are very conservative in fourth down scenarios. Because they're not Nick, good in third and short, and they're not good in fourth and short because they don't run the damn football, and they don't sneak Patrick Mahomes. They haven't run a quarterback sneak in like three years. The Eagles, meanwhile, you know, they view third and three as the way Army and Navy play football. Third and three or less, they're like, oh, well, we got two downs. And they call plays accordingly. It's why they run a lot on third and two and third and three. Because their thought is, well, we're going to go for it on fourth and one. And for those of you that have ever watched playing against Army and Navy, that's how they play. I mean, it's why they're fine gaining three yards. Third and four, they'll they'll run it and gain three yards because they're like, well, we're going for it on fourth and one. So, you know, who cares? And then the Eagles, with their power running game, have done a lot of that this year. And they're very good at it. Can you do it in the Super Bowl, though? I mean, let's be honest. You know, it's Monday night against the Vikings in September is one thing. All right. Second quarter, trailing 7-3. Fourth and one on your own 43. With Patrick well, Mahomes as the opposition quarterback. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, which you, know, you know, and Buttkirk, who's a great kicker, you know, you've pretty much given up three the minute you've not gotten that first down. Right. You know, I got your analytics right here. Okay, that's, yeah, this plays out our 10,000 snaps and what have you. That's great. We're in the Super Bowl. Okay, fourth and one, my side of the field, Patrick Mahomes across the field there. Yeah, okay. Oh, we've gone for it all year. Yes, you have. When Daniel Jones and, and you know, company have been standing on the other side of the field. Yes, you have. Right. You know, so I, I'm walk. I'm fascinated by what happens on fourth down, just because of where the games come to, and this is a Super Bowl, as you said, David. Does Sirianni get a little more conservative on Sunday than he's been all year long? Does it change him? Over under, I if anything, I think he'll be more aggressive. Also, Nick's when Nick took the job, he dove into the Eagles and their history and how they've done things. And and Nick knows. I mean, if you're a coach of the Eagles, you know how they won their Super Bowl five years ago. I mean, Doug Peterson just went out and played, you know, blank to the wall. I mean, he did. He just, come on, the Philly special on fourth down. And, I mean, you know, this is how, if we're going to win this game, we can't hold back. We've got Nick Foles. They have Tom Brady. We got to let it rip. 
Remember, the Patriots didn't punt in that game and lost. I mean, that's how wide open the Eagles played in that game. And I think Nick will coach like the proverbial riverboat gambler Sunday night. So we'll have more fourth down attempts than we will punts in the game. Well, that I don't know. Because I actually think each defense is going to force a couple punts. That's a great prop bet, though. Punts or fourth downs. I'll go punts. I'll take you for a lunch. Okay. I'll go fourth downs. So if I go over under three and a half on fourth down attempts, you're going over? I'm going over. Wow. How about that? In that case, this game's going to be fun. Lee Sterling will break down the props and talk Super Bowl bets. That's next on Miller and Moulton. We thank you so very much for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Keith Smith, the talk, a little association. We'll wrap up the trade deadline at the top of the hour. But Roy Cummings, one hour from now, about who got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and specifically Rondé Barber, Zach Thomas, Bucks and Dolphins fans, very happy. Uh, Former NFL referee, John Perry, part of Monday Night Football, will join us in a little more than an hour. And Pat Kerwin at the top of the bonus hour at 9 o'clock as we'll get into the nitty-gritty of Super Bowl 57. And we'll do it in a little different way with Lee Sterling right now. Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, 800-400-9741. Lee's hit three of his last four Super Bowls. And his daughter, more importantly, has hit eight straight (laughs) over-unders on the national anthem there was a lot of pressure riding on the Sterling family Sunday. How are you? I'm good. Um, good today. I'll let you know on Sunday. <laughs> What's crazy, guys, is you can have the greatest year. I'll never forget this. I must have been in business four or five years. And I had my greatest year, I think, right around 60%. Everything went right, and I lose the Super Bowl. I had two people that had the gall to tell me that they lost money betting my games the year before. And I just hung up the phone. And, of course, they called back. But I I know people bet two, three, five times their normal amount a lot of times on the Super Bowl. But um, (laughs) that took a lot of guts for them to say that. Well, and you're right. But it's you're always remembered by the last game. This is the last game. Um, I've got to get to this anthem thing, though, for your daughter. Because, one, I'm a Chris Stapleton fan. Two, I don't know if he's ever sang the anthem anywhere. This isn't like the research she's done. What has she been able to dig up and find out about Stapleton doing the anthem? Donut, zero. So I looked, my daughter looked, he didn't have my wife looking, nothing. He, maybe he sang it in high school. Um, maybe he sings it, you know, in his bathroom, in the shower. I don't know, but there's nothing out there. So my daughter had to do some studying and through her voice training, she first said he's amazing. His voice is incredible. But it started at a minute and 59 and a half seconds. It's now two minutes and five, two minutes and six seconds around the country. That's what we're seeing, the line. She said his phrasing has actually gotten shorter over the years. He's 44 years old. So he might hold notes a little longer, but up until that point, a lot of times he'll go a little bit quicker and then get to the last note, hold it just a 
a little bit longer. She says he's 44 years old, dry air, maybe a little bit in Arizona. So here's another point she had. She said when she first started doing the national anthems, as you know, most recently, she sang for the Orange Bowl football game. She used to do it in a minute and 38 to a minute and 40 seconds. Now, and there's some people take it out longer. She's doing it minute, minute 58 to two minutes and two seconds. You feel more comfortable, more relaxed. And I'm not saying he's really going to get nervous. I mean, he's a professional. But doing it on this big stage, you know, um, he's probably practiced a lot. And she doesn't think he's going to hold it as, as long as some other people will. Adina Menzel. Now, there's Whitney Houston, and then there's everyone else. Adina Menzel might be one of the other greatest national anthems, and she has the pipes, maybe one of the greatest voices of our generation also. She did it in two minutes and four seconds. My daughter going for a ninth straight win says it goes under two minutes and five seconds. There we go. That's the big play of the day right there. <laughs> That's it. We can end the show. The hell with the Mahomes hurts Chiefs Eagles. Let's get right to it. There you go. You'll know before 630 whether or not you've had a good Super Bowl or not. A lot of pressure on her, though. Yeah. A lot of pressure. All right. And she hasn't missed one of these, right? Eight straight, going for nine straight. That's fantastic. Um, do you have a good feel about this game? I am waffling like a politician on this game. <laughs> I really am. In fact, politicians are insulting me, saying I'm giving them a bad name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I unequivocally like Philadelphia. The only way I can see them losing this game is if Hertz throws two plus interceptions, they fumble once. I think they've got to turn the ball over three times or more to lose this game. Their offensive line with three pro bowlers, offensive line with eight, nine guys, they rotate in 55 sacks. I, I think there's no peer in the NFL right now. Now, Andy Reid's 28 and four record. After a buy with a buy, uh, also, um, I think Mahomes obviously probably in most people's minds best quarterback in the NFL. But his two Super Bowls, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and only one good quarter. I think Philadelphia Eagles, maybe one of the few teams I've said this last 20, 25 years in the Super Bowl, have no weakness unless it's just one of those games like when San Francisco played the Ravens. So we'll go with Philadelphia. 31-24. All right. I know you get into some of the prop bets as well. What are some of the other bets that you like in this game, Lee, that you can share with us today that you that you maybe uh, be holding off? or some, I know you're going to hold some off for the clients, but what do you got for us today as far as the prop okay. bets go? So looking for value, you don't want to play 40 or 50 prop wagers because the, the vigorage will get you. It's more than regular betting. It's 15, 20, 25 cents. Juju Smith-Schuster went out early in the conference championship game. I think he's going to be more involved in this game than people would expect. And the number's down now because he missed most of that game. I think he's close to 100%. I'll take him over 40 receiving yards. Kenneth Gainwell. So they'll put him in, the Philadelphia backup running back, on third downs. And what do they do different than some other teams? He'll then stay in for three or four downs after that. And he'll get in a groove. 19 and a half rushing yards. Got the over there. Um, I don't like playing first touchdown. Who will score the first touchdown? I think it's random. I've had a couple times going back in the day where I'd have a player get to the one-yard line, get tackled or <laughs> knocked out of bounds. So 
I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Will he score a touchdown in the game? Minus 125, yes. I'm betting on Pacheco, by the way, for the first touch. I'm trying to get some value on that first touch. Here, I'll, I'll give you a better – I'll give you some value with Pacheco. Will he catch a pass before Miles Sanders? Yes. I'll take him minus 130. Hmm. Interesting. Gatorade. Let's talk Gatorade. <laughs> I love this. What's, what's your favorite flavors, guys? I'm a red Gatorade guy, personally. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a grape. Okay. So I am a cool blue and a grape guy. Cool blue is the number one Gatorade. I don't know if you guys know this. Number one bought Gatorade now. Number two is fruit punch, lemon lime, glacier freeze, which is blue, orange, and then grape. So three of the last four years, it's been cool blue. The odds are plus 400. A lot of people are saying if KC wins, it'll be red. I'll go with cool blue at plus 400. I think still think there's value. <laughs> Got to have something before the game and after the game, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, 800-400-9741. This is what he's given us. He's holding back for his clients if you want to be one of them, 800 400 Listen, I know you're headed to a, we- a wedding this weekend. Yeah. All right. Break away from the wedding. Watch the game. And uh, oh no, work. that's it's at it's Saturday night. So oh, okay. I'll be back Sunday. Have a big party. We're doing Italian. We always do different themes. It's Italian theme uh, for family and friends coming over, and anyone roots uh, on the other side, um, <laughs> they can go home at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the host. I make the rules. That's right. And just because football ends doesn't mean Lee ends. UFC, hockey, right. whatever it takes. Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com, 800-400-9741. Lee, as always, thank you so much what you did all year long with us. We'll probably talk to you around March. Sounds good, guys. I want to thank you guys for an incredible year. Been an incredible run. Basketball, UFC, anyone wants to get involved, check us out, ParamountSports.com. 800-400-9741. Lee Sterling joining us once again here on Miller and Moulton. I love it. Color of Gatorade. Absolutely. Getting good odds with blue, apparently. All right. He made his picks. We get to make ours. That's coming up next. Miller and Moulton, thanks for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Not even halfway home if you count our bonus hour. We've got a great show lined up for you, Keith Smith, the wrap-up, a wild week in the NBA at the top of the hour. But Roy Cummings in forty minutes, Rondé Barber and Zach Thomas, a Buccaneer and a Dolphin. Elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame yesterday and last night. How about that? We'll get Roy to reminisce about Rondé coming up in 40 minutes' time. John Perry, who was the referee in this game, 
four years ago. Ever since, he's been in the Monday Night Football booth. He'll join us coming up one hour from now. And Pat Kerwin, live from Phoenix. He's been there all week talking to about 73 people on air, 173 off air. We'll get Pat's prediction and thoughts on this game coming up at 9 o'clock at the top of the bonus hour. I am curious with one quick off-football question for Pat, if any Chiefs fans have shown up from when we talked to him Tuesday to now. Because basically he said on Tuesday from the time he left, you know, he counted however many Eagles jerseys and two Chiefs jerseys in the days or in the trip from the airport to the hotel. And he said the town was just all Eagles early on. I'm guessing that the Chiefs faithful have started to show up. But it will – I think this is going to be not – Steelers Seahawks Steelers home game in at Ford Field but I do think this is going to be a touch more of a home crowd for the Eagles than a normal Super Bowl I agree I definitely agree I mean the passion of the Philly sports fan uh, and they know this franchise doesn't get here very often I mean then so Think about where this franchise was two years ago. They were 4-11-1 two years ago. Now, in the four or five years leading up to that, they had gone to the playoffs. They had won a Super Bowl, the whole deal. But two years ago, they were 4-11-1. And they were 2-5 and five in November of the 2021 season. And now look what they've done since. Remarkable. Howie Roseman, best two-year run that a general manager's had in a very long time to put together this roster that he has put together. Made the right call, hiring Nick Sirianni, obviously. I mean, think about it. They got rid of Doug Peterson. That was not uh, popular or viewed as a smart decision throughout the NFL. Hired Nick Sirianni. Who the hell was Nick Sirianni? There were many that wanted Roseman gone when he did that, if you know what I mean. Right. And obviously, it's worked out well for everybody, including the Jags. So... All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, man, I just, I'm, I'm so torn. I really am. I really, really, really am. You're not. I am. No, I'm not. It was just a matter if I was, if I think the game's going to be really close or if I think it's the Eagles that are going to pull away late. So you sound a lot like Lee who's pretty confident on the Eagles. I think that the Eagles, outside of quarterback and tight end, and obviously those are two pretty big damn positions in this game, but I mean, their quarterback's close. The tight end game will be closer than maybe the talent between the two because I think Goddard can have a big game. There's not another spot in which... Kansas City's better. On the defensive line, they're as good because they've got studs there. Studs. But as Lee just pointed out, three pro bowlers on the offensive line for the Eagles. The best offensive line maybe in the game right now. Three-headed monster at running back. Two good receivers. A defense that doesn't quit at any level. In the one area that you get them is maybe running the football. What do the Chiefs not do? They don't run the football. And Andy Reid's not going to turn in to a running coach in the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. 30-24 Eagles. Well, that's a lot closer than I thought you were going to have it. No. I can't see Mahomes getting blown out. 
Well, it happened once in this game, but Kansas City didn't have an offensive line for right. the Super Bowl. They've got one this time around. Four new offensive linemen, by the way, just in the two years since they lost to the Bucks, From left tackle to right guard, all four of those guys are new. Only guy is returning, uh, and he wasn't healthy two years ago, but Wiley, the right tackle, who I think is a key in this game because I think the Eagles are going to line Reddick over Wiley at right tackle. I think they see right tackle Wiley more vulnerable than left tackle Brown. And so I think that's where they're going to try to have their pressure point. The Chiefs going a lot more too tight end lately. I think they will do that to help protect uh, their tackles, especially. I think the, the Chiefs think that their interior can block Philly's interior. That'll be a war. Uh, Mark, I'm having a real problem with, because like you said, you think the matchup at quarterback is close and I don't. Now I understand in the regular season, he was tremendous, but you can't tell me Jalen Hurts is in the same area good as Patrick Mahomes. You, you just can't convince me of it. I don't care how well he played this year. And the Eagles, it's a fascinating resume. They're nine and one against teams with a winning record. Nine and one. So how can you disregard them in any way? Well, and the loss, Drew, by the way, is without Hertz playing. Exactly at Dallas, right in a close one. But drill down a little bit on the wins. Three of them are against the Giants. They beat a nine-win Detroit team. They beat a nine-win Jacksonville team. They beat a nine-win Pittsburgh team. They played three teams who won 10 or more games this year. Dallas, who they split. Minnesota, week two with Kirk Cousins in primetime. Insert your jokes here. And the Niners, and Purdy got hurt early. It's about as non-glamorous a schedule as, quite frankly, you can play in the NFL. It's why they haven't seen anything close to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, not remotely close to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense this year. And it's very difficult, Mark, at the end of the day, for me to pick the team even though I believe the Eagles are the best team in the league at the line of scrimmage. And I think they have the deepest roster in the league. It is really difficult for me to pick against the team that I think has the better coaching and the superior quarterback. If they played 10 times, I'd bet the Eagles 10 times because I think they'd win six or seven of them. I think the Chiefs come out wide open and they put two touchdowns on the board early and they play with the lead. And the Eagles haven't played from behind much this year. And it'll put a lot of pressure on Sirianni and the play calling and can, do they stick with the running game and the whole deal. And I think they're going to, I think Spags is going to make Hurts beat him from the pocket. And if he can, you tip your hat and you go, you know what? You're better than I thought. Congratulations. 
well-deserved. Chiefs, 27-23. And by the slimmest of margins, I'm going under. Right at 50. Look at you. I will say, even though he hasn't had to play much, the shoulders affected Hurts. His completion percentage from the regular season to the playoffs has been down significantly. So did the two weeks off for Hurts help the shoulder? How much will that affect his throwing? I think we're going to find out, by the way, that shoulder was slightly separated. I really do. They're talking about bruised and this, that, and the other thing. I remember watching him being tackled to the ground and thinking to myself, ooh, that's how you separate a shoulder. So, listen, obviously, the Eagles could win this game and they could win it by three touchdowns. We all know it's a Super Bowl. Anything can happen. You know, the Eagles have two great wide receivers against a bunch of rookies in the secondary. I mean, Hurts could make me look like a fool. They may just throw it all over the lot. They are the ones that jump out with the lead, and then they sick their dogs on Mahomes, and they run the ball for 200 yards to run out the clock. I mean, you could easily make that prediction also, in which the Eagles do to the Chiefs damn near what they've done to the Giants and the Niners. I mean, it could happen. I mean, if the Eagles are up 14-3, whoo-wee. But, you know, Mark, sometimes with fantasy football, what did Dr. Roto tell us? game flow what it how is it you think the game's gonna go and i think andy reed knows we got to get ahead of these guys that they want it to be a slugfest that's the style of football they play they rush the passer they run the ball they wouldn't mind a close game throughout we need to play with the lead we're ali they're frazier And I, that's how I view the matchup. The Chiefs are Ali. The Eagles and Joe Frazier was from Philly. From Philadelphia. They're, they're Frazier. Well, there's no doubt the Eagles want to play it that way. They want to bang Kansas City on both sides of the ball. They think they can bully them at the line of scrimmage, or at least I believe that they can win the line of scrimmage the entire game. And if you can win the line of scrimmage the entire game, then you win the football game, that you wear the other side out. And the eight players that the Eagles have on the defensive line to rotate through is something that Kansas City's not had to deal with. I'll be curious because they've not blitzed hardly at all in the postseason, Kansas City. Will Spags dial up blitzes? You seem to think that they will, David, that they'll blitz yeah. more in this game. He's only, you know, he blitzed like 26% during the season, 17% during the postseason. It would be a total change, a contrast in what they have done defensively all year long. But that's what the Super Bowls are about. That's what two weeks of coaching will do, David. So I'm fascinated. That's part of the game that I'm completely enamored with is how much blitzing does Kansas City do in this game? I also think it could be the type of blitz in which they just send a fifth guy and they're still blitzing to take away a running lane, even, in which it's more of a mush, rush, even blitz package. It's just the intent is to keep Hurts in the pocket. Because I think the Chiefs are convinced. Listen, if you're Kansas City, Joe Burrow didn't beat you. Don't you have to make Jalen Hurts 
as a thrower beat you? Now, the Eagles have a far better running game than Joe Mixon and the Bengals. But, I mean, if I'm Spags, if I can get him to third down in a passing situation, all right, I'm going to do everything I can to keep him in the pocket. I think sending a fifth guy, making it one-on-one blocking, and then basically, hey, don't overrun him, keep him in the pocket. We don't think he can beat us in the pocket. But we'll see. It's the Super Bowl. As we've seen, any damn thing can happen. Nick Foles can outgun Tom Brady, and that's with Brady throwing for 505 yards. Jalen Hurts' legs are everything in this game. If he is over the right, what was it, 47 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. well, then the Eagles have won the football game. Okay. I like that stat. So you think if Jalen Hurts hits the over in rushing totals, that it's definitely an Eagles win? Yes. Okay. Because if he's running, they're running. And they're not finding ways to stop the run game. I do love Lee's Gainwell. Over 19 and a half yards, by the way. Rushing. Yes. Yeah. So you're going Eagles 30-24. You're going Philly and it over. I'm going Chiefs 27-23, KC, and by the slimmest of margins, and under. And for the record, Lee Sterling's daughter, who's hit eight national anthem over-unders in a row, has Chris Stapleton going under 205. So there. Lee's hit three of the last four Super Bowls, but who cares about that? She's hit eight straight anthems. It's the important bet. Be up before it starts. (laughs) There you go. Roy Cummings, John Perry, Pat Kerwin, all still ahead. When we come back on the other side, we will wrap up the NBA trade deadline with Keith Smith, Miller and Moulton. Moulton taking the Chiefs. Miller taking the Eagles. We'll see how it works out right here on the Florida Sports Network. 